Hello everyone and welcome to Hash Talk. I'm your host Sankalp Shangari and friends call me Sunny. At Hash Talk, we bring you the latest news, narratives and interviews with recognized change makers in the field of blockchain and related technologies. These creative personalities share how they are bringing about a change, what prompted them to do so, what are their future plans, their life experiences and tips for all of us to become better at work as well as in this fast-paced life. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, so today we have Michael Nye, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Titan Ventures, a media house focusing on education and resources and and the entire blockchain space and making sure that you have the right and accurate information on everything blockchain. Michael is also a part of a lot of companies, uh, both as an advisor and a founder, where he's, he's been instrumental in, in leading their journey and defining a roadmap. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for Good. having me. Excellent. Uh, Michael is here uh, in front of me in Singapore. Um, uh, good to have you. Michael is otherwise based in LA. Here. Yep. Uh, for Investasia last week, which was awesome. Uh, so why don't we start there? How was Investasia? It was good, man. It was a little slower than last year, but there's more quality people. Uh, I wasn't shilled one ICO, which is kind of uh, like different and refreshing, you know. Uh, I've been talked to about <laughs> a lot of projects that are uh, maybe raising funds, but have full-blown like products launched, ready to go, or at least in beta phases. Uh, so I don't know. It was good. It was it was different from last year in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think you rightly put it. And and funny enough, uh, no ICOs. Mm-hmm. Um, not not even many IEO projects, to be honest. A lot of exchanges. Yep. A lot of white label solutions. Uh, and and uh, very advanced stage projects. Uh, the real. The creativity coming out now, I guess. Yep. Uh, uh, so, so let's let's Michael, Michael, let's start with telling our audience, telling our listeners, who is Michael Nye? Where are you coming from? What's your background? Why blockchain? That's a great question, man. Um, I am a man of many different passions and things that inspire me. To be honest with you, yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've I've done a lot of different things in my. 27 years on this planet you know I'm, I'm a musician i love to make music i've been wow. i've been playing piano since i was four or five years old wow. uh, make all the different types of music it's, it's really one of my big passions um i've been making mobile apps for about six or seven years now wow uh started making mobile apps uh in my early 20s uh when i had a couple ideas that just really inspired me and, and really wanted to get off the ground and see going and uh, I'm really into uh, kind of like spirituality, meditation, mindfulness, kind of self-awareness and things like that, which kind of is, is, is honestly how I got into Bitcoin. You know, I, I really first got into Bitcoin to make money uh, through trading and things like that. But I stayed in, in the Bitcoin crypto realm because it's very aligned with kind of the spiritual mentality of how can we change the world to be in kind of a better place and how can we improve people's lives? How can we add uh, value to the people around us? And I really think that's like the core ethos of what Bitcoin is. It's like why I'm really passionate about it. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Musician and you play piano. Yeah. 
Um, any any other instruments you play? Yeah, guitar. I sing. Uh, I produce my own music for three or four years. Um, I'm actually started to do it again, and I'm really into hip hop, man. I'm obs- wow, I'm obsessed wow. with hip hop. I, I can I can see that a body full of tattoos. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, uh, but but it's, it's it's really good at early age. You you grasp so many so many things so many instruments already and you said you've already been developing mobile apps for six seven years yep. and and what what exactly does that mean? Uh, it means that I come up with an idea and I find a development team and I pretty much manage the development team, launch the app and uh, and do all the marketing and, and the exposure for it. Um, my first one was. Yeah, when I was about 19 years old, I launched uh, a mobile app that was uh, called Social Link, and it was pretty much a, a networking app that allowed two people who were meeting for the first time to become friends on all social networks with a click of a button, rather than having to search and look look for people online and things like that. And I just got really inspired by the idea of being able to create something that makes people's lives easier or changes the way people think about things and have that on your like in your hand on on your phone yeah being able to open up your phone and and just click click into an app that saves them time or allows them to meet people and connect with people easier um and yeah i I made a couple mobile apps for about three to four years then and then took about a two or two three year break and i'm just getting kind of back into it now with, with a couple apps that we're building for the crypto space beautiful beautiful um you you spoke about spirituality, life, mindfulness, uh, topics that I love, topics that are very close to me. And I have recently, over the last two three years, started learning more about it and and fallen in love with the entire uh, philosophy of life, uh, uh, dream stuff. Um, and and I I, I want to hear more. What what is your philosophy of life? What is that? one thing that you always keep it to yourself and that, that yes, this is something I, I truly believe in? It's a good question, man. Um, I spent solid like nine years studying this stuff so far. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I started when I was like uh, just turning 18 years old, so almost actually almost 10 years now. And um, and I, I studied a lot. So that actually, cool story, my whole spir- real spiritual journey started when I went to India. So I lived in India for four months. Oh, where, where was that? Uh, Bangalore was yeah. like my home base. And then every weekend, we'd go spend three or four days in different places. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Man. I, I, I love the Indian culture. I love the, the, just the whole expression, the colors, and, and just the energy of everybody, yeah. you know? And that was where it all started for me because I took meditation courses there and, and yoga courses and things like that. And, and I started to read different books and uh, uh, picked up kind of more motivational and mentality books. And real, like that was when I first realized that like changing the way your thought patterns work can actually change the reality around you. Yeah. Uh, it changes the way you behave. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you feel. And therefore, your actions are different, which shifts the way the reality works. Um, but back to your question, what is the, what is the one thing that, that's, uh, really stuck for me? There's, it's, it's hard because there's been so many, but I think like the one thing that's really, really stuck for me is just not trying to control anything. You know, there's like this nature where I think a lot of people get stuck into where they have to do something or they have to like force something and make something happen. 
Uh, if you meet me, if you, if you hang out with me, you'll know like I'm a really easygoing guy, mostly because I know I can't control anything. And the only thing I can control is how I react or how I act in a certain situation. Yeah. So I'm always just trying to improve myself. And if people around me decide to not want to do a deal or decide to want to take a left when I thought we were taking a right, uh, it's it's been a practice for me to constantly learn to let go and to say, you know what, they shifted right. There's no reason for me to get frustrated, no reason for me to get angry. The only thing I can control is my frustration and my anger and my emotions about how a situation turned out. Um, and that's that's like an ongoing practice. That's, that's so beautiful. Uh, uh, Sadhguru, uh, one of the gurus in India, uh, in, in near Bangalore, in Mysore, I, I recently read one of his books where he talks about uh, infinite responsibility uh, and, and, and something that you were saying earlier, flow, basically. Let it flow, let it go. Yeah. Let, it, let, let, let it not bother you, especially uh, the little things in life. And everything is little, mm-hmm. so so I I totally am with you on that. That uh, uh, you know, there's there's no point getting frustrated. Some sometimes things are just out of control, and even if they're not, it's only harming me if I am getting angry or stressed or bothered about it. Exactly. So so beautiful advice, uh, Michael. Um, back to blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think our listeners would would be more interested in that. So blockchain for you is economic freedom. That is what it is. And, and it resonates very well with, with your life philosophy. Um, what is that one thing in blockchain that, that Titan Ventures is, is focusing on? What, what is the entire mission, vision, strategy of Titan Ventures? Uh, Titan Ventures, myself, it's easy. It comes down to one word and it's people. You know, I think that we get so caught up in the technology and the potential that blockchain has that we've, and, and this is, goes for everything I'm building, all the apps, everything I'm building. We forget that people are the core of it. Like at the end of the blockchain, it needs to improve people's lives. At the end of writing that code, at the end of doing whatever you're like doing in the blockchain space, the whole concept, the whole idea of what we are all trying to do with Bitcoin, with altcoins, with Ethereum, with smart contracts, with all of it, is we're trying to improve people's lives. And I think people forget that sometimes. You know, we get caught up in in uh, fluctuation of price movements and potentially making a lot of money. We get caught up in going to conferences and 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 making deals. We we get caught up in 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 all the kind of like hustle and bustle that the industry is because it's so quick and it's moving so fast that we forget that it's all like the whole single goal that we have here is how can we improve the people's lives around us and how can this technology improve lives so really with with the media side of things like we're really focused on educating educating people and bringing more educational content so that they can learn and they can understand not only how bitcoin works but like why is it even important you know with coin dust and with bitmaps it's all about people those are all social apps and it's the idea is to simplify the way that they get involved with crypto so they can understand it better or to simplify the way they connect with uh, with cryptocurrency and the people in cryptocurrency so Man, it's all about people. I don't think anybody's really thinking about it that way right now either. Um, but being a, a social guy, you know, on, on at conferences and on social media yeah. and things like that, like that is like is what I do. Like I like I, I 
do cryptocurrency and I do Bitcoin, but like what I really do is I, I work with people, you know? Yeah. I'm in the people sector. This is very interesting, Michael. I I agree and disagree with you. Cool. And and I I, I want to explore this point a little bit more. Uh, definitely it's about people. Blockchain, the the whole nemesis of blockchain was that 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 everything needs to be spread out everything needs to be decentralized for not having one one central person people or or corporate controlling uh, everything uh, and and making uh, people's lives better and and economic freedom for all where where you can transfer uh, uh, money or value uh, uh, simply and and freely uh, however however where I, where i uh, disagree or, or not not really disagree but where i where i think blockchain has lacked so far is is the mass adoption side of things uh, until and unless that happens any product any social app anything that we do is is just impossible to improve the lives of people when people are don't know be about blockchain so my question is how do you envisage that this entire mass adoption wave is going to happen is it going to happen through the libras of the world or uh, the non sovereign currencies is it going to be through exchanges launching more exotic products or more uh, some social killer app on a defi what what is that which could lead to mass adoption that's a good question because i think everybody right now is kind of taking shots in the dark at this, you know. Everybody has a different opinion, yeah. and and I think we're all just kind of uh, taking shots in the dark. And I, I agree with you completely. I think the the thing the thing is people, but the problem is how do we reach the people? You yeah. know what I mean. Um, and I think there's a couple that well, first off, there's a couple different sectors that I believe have the most value. I don't really know what order they're going to come in, um, but I think if I had to take any bet at all, it would be gaming. I think gaming is first. Mm. Um, I think, Interesting. Yeah, I'm really, really, I think, I, I never see anyone talk about it on Twitter. I never see anyone talking about it about at conferences, but I really think that NFTs are the fucking future, man. Like, I really think they are the future of, wow. of like, how this technology is going to work. You know, um, perfect example, Pokemon, right? Yeah. As a kid, I played Pokemon all the time. I had, yeah like book full of Pokemon <laughs> yeah, cards yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. Um, first edition, second editions, fifth editions, all of that stuff. And to the, to me, those were a currency. Those were valuable as a kid. And it really hasn't changed much. Uh, technology is enhanced. People now trade video games, skins for their crypto like, kitties. for their weapons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really think that crypto kitties, while it's kind of a meme right now, I really think that that in a more broad scale form will lead adoption. Um, if I could have my Pokemon cards on my phone and I could open up my pack of Pokemon cards on my phone and have them be unique, same as the, the same thing as having a, a Pokemon card in my hand and then go into a digital realm where I'm able to compete with people in uh, the U.S. or compete with people in Sweden on, on the app playing the same game with unique cards. If I'm able to... Instead of going down to the card shop like I would do as a kid, I could open up the app on my phone and go into the card shop on my phone and open up a pack of brand new cards and get 12 random cards and pay in cryptocurrency or pay in whatever form. 
Um, I think that's the future, man. I really, really do. And I think people are sleeping on it. But the, but then the question is, do I really need blockchain for that? Uh, in terms of... The, it can be just digital. In terms of the NFT side of things, you do. You yeah. Know, to be completely recognizable, that this is the number one out of 250 Pokemon, or Pikachu card and that it cannot be replicated and it cannot be printed, then yes, you totally need blockchain. So what, what, what are the most exciting projects or people or companies that you are seeing in that space? Um, I don't think that anyone's doing it amazing right now. I've seen some games that have come out, um, like Gods Unchained. They're, they're cool. I don't, I'm not putting them down. I think these people are building a lot of cool things. But I think the actual adoption happens when like, the company that owns Pokemon looks at what these people are doing and says, okay, we need to do it for Pokemon or Magic the guy, the Magic the yeah. Gathering. Someone from Magic the Gathering says, we need to use this and make it into a digital form. Um, I just, I think that there's so much brand recognition with baseball cards, basketball cards, Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering cards, that it's going to be super hard for a specific blockchain-based thing to just blow up and get mass adoption. I really think the easier route is to get the people that own those companies to look into blockchain technology and for them to utilize it into what they've already built with physical cards and put their game on the blockchain. And I think I think that is happening, uh, maybe not in the gaming space, yeah. or or at least I am not aware of. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, you know, all every corporate we look around, uh, be it Libras of the world or the Samsungs or the WalMarts of the world, everybody is looking inside into blockchain and seeing, okay, how do I exploit or how do I leverage on my billion users? Yeah. And then once that happens, the governments and other corporates don't want to be left behind. And they're like, oh, why why Facebook? It should be me as well. So here I am, Binance, with my own stablecoin platform for the governments and corporates. And then suddenly you have you have uh, Portugal and France and Germany saying, sorry, you you are not allowed and I'll, I'll build my own. So so I think, yes, uh, uh, those are the things. Uh, but but I like I like... Uh, how you are thinking that gaming could uh, be that uh, app, could yeah. be that layer, which revolu- revolutionizes and brings uh, the entire mass adoption side of things to blockchain. I think it's the first one. I think that also um, people don't like it because it's not necessarily like a moneymaker and a volatile currency for them. But I think like stable coins, man, like stable coins are the future. Um, there isn't anything that I use more than stable coins. You know, if yeah. I get paid from a client in Ethereum or Bitcoin, I immediately put it into a stable coin. Yeah. If I want to send money to uh, my business partner because we're getting paid at the end of the month or something, it's in a stable coin. Uh, it's the easiest to transact with. It's the fastest to transact with. Um, and I just think those have, and I think that banks will eventually either create individual stable coins per bank or they'll have a network of stable coins where they, they send uh, through the network and they have a agreed upon network of stable coins that they work with per bank. Uh, I think, I think stable coins are the future. I, I agree with you. I, uh, in fact, uh, in one of your recent tweets, uh, you mentioned, uh, to be honest, besides Bitcoin, stable coins are the future, something like that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and that, that was at a time where, where I had my uh, Tuesday narrative out on, on the currency wars. 
and i i strongly think it's going to be a basket of of currencies basket of stable coins perhaps which will not only have usd backed uh, or even euro or gbp backed but possibly a gold backed and a bitcoin backed yeah. kind of a, a automated weighted uh, basket which which could be the winner um however uh, they are still fiat backed and 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 that's where the whole uh, the other side of uh, uh, anti fragile uh, community is what, what, what do you have to say to them i 100% agree i don't think we've uh, refined the stable coin yet you know but i think the process of building the stable coin and like the way that it functions is how it should work now it's up to the people that are passionate about this area to create something that works you know um I see more and more unique ideas coming out every single day uh, uh, with stable coins to, to try and make them more stable, not just against backed by USD or things like that. Um, so I, I think someone will, will continue to come out with some, some unique things and we'll see what happens. So what's your view on DAI? Uh, I don't know a lot about DAI. I've used it a couple times when I was at Ethereum Denver. Um, Pretty easy, pretty simple to transact. I'm not really like familiar with how it works on the back end, mm-hmm. but I do know like the Ethereum community is like extremely passionate about that. Absolutely, and yeah. they're building apps on apps on, and the entire DApp community is built on that. Yeah. And what what is your what is your entire view on this whole DApp things being being built on uh, stable coins and 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 interest or lending being being the most popular. Uh, use case today uh, I think it's good I think it's the start of really the evolution of a financial system you know yeah. we're seeing the that that people are actually utilizing these lending platforms you know whether it's based on uh, uh, whatever it's based on you know like Celsius and, and Nexo and all of these different companies have been doing tremendous numbers in terms of revenue and growth um, probably some of the best Actually, probably some of the only uh, like legitimate companies besides exchanges in the cryptocurrency space that are actually making money and actually a business, not just a potential idea. So, uh, yeah, I'm close with the Celsius guys. Alex is, uh, has been on the podcast a few times, and I, I really, really think that, that that is the first like intro way to get not just liquidity in, into the market, but money circulating in the market. You know, it's it's. I'm not really a, a, a huge believer on the hodl model. You know, I think it's like important to hodl. You don't have to just sell, but I think if it's moving around and doing things, it's it's probably better than just holding it. Um, and I think what they're doing is pretty cool. I I totally agree. Alex is a good friend. Uh, he's uh, coming on the podcast on Tuesday. Nice. Um, and uh, and I I love how they have grown exponentially. And uh, and uh, I, uh, one point that you made that it's better to move this around uh, more in a decentralized way, I would say, because uh, moving centralized and earning six seven percent on a Bitcoin, I think the risk is far more uh, than, than the reward there. Yeah. But uh, but having said that, uh, yesterday I was watching on Compound the offering uh, uh, WBTC you can borrow at three point nine five percent. That, that's amazing yeah. uh, you know that's that's like a, like a killer 
uh, deal uh, to to do. But but uh, where where do you see Bitcoin? Are you a Bitcoin maximalist? Are you not? Where where do you see it going from here? So I'm not necessarily a maximalist um, because I do look at Ethereum and I do look at all of these other, not all of them, but I do look at some of these other projects and I believe that there's potential there. You know, um, I think maximalism, as we see on social media, can be very toxic. You know, people <laughs> only believe in one specific thing. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very much like religion, you know, yeah. like if you, if you believe in one religion, that's totally fine. And it's totally acceptable as long as you're just kind of like, but as soon as you become the guy that's pointing at all the other religions and saying they're wrong and that your religion is, is the only one that's right, then it becomes, uh, uh, conflicting, you know, then you're all of a sudden like conflicting with other humans and not necessarily in a healthy conflicting way, not in a, a way that feel like uh, conflict causes growth. It's more that conflict causes dem- uh, demise and, and uh, destruction in that regard. And it's very similar with, with the, the Bitcoin movement, you know, and then the maximalist pointing at Ethereum people and saying, you're dumb, like this isn't going to work. I don't really believe in that. Um, I do believe, obviously, Bitcoin is the one that's been around the longest. It's the one with the, the most solid use case. It's the one that has proved to be here and, and to stay here for a long period of time. But I don't think it's, I think it's ignorant if you look at Ethereum and you say, this will never be anything. Um, I think if you look at Ethereum and you say, this has the potential to do something, it might fail and it might not. That's the, that's, that's the way I like to look at it. I think that's at least like the smartest view, you know what I mean? Because we don't know, you know, we're in an end, like 10, like even three years ago, five years ago, we weren't sure if Bitcoin was going to work out, Yeah, you know? So how can you say that something new coming to the market isn't going to work out? We're moving so quickly in this industry. This technology is moving quickly. Um, and I just, I think it's pretty ignorant to just shut any, anything out and say it's not, it's not valid and it, and it doesn't have any potential. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's true for anything today. I think uh, if you look at the macroeconomy around uh, 10 years ago or five years ago, you did not know that the equities would be at, at their highest today and, and what Trump is going to say tomorrow and how the market is going to react. Yeah. It's the three-body rule that I think in 1800s, um, this this uh, guy, Henry Punker, had where, where, where he said, you can calculate the future, but even if you knew how the three closest planets worked. You totally knew how the gravitational pull was, what exactly their their uh, uh, entire working of the planet was. You still couldn't predict what the planets are going to be around. So, so definitely we, we cannot uh, predict that future. But, but uh, that said, uh, uh, I, think, I think our listeners would still like to know from you uh, where you think uh, the price of Bitcoin will be in the next 12 months? That's a good question. Um, I, I do think we are going up from here. You know, I think if we do dip again, we're what we're like at right, right around ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Right um, we've been in this range for a while. We might be in it for another month or so. Um, and personally, I think it's going to break down out of this wedge that we're in. We're in a little wedge. I think it's going to break down. We could see 8,800. We could even see low 8,000s. Um, but leading up to the happening, coming into like December, January, February, I think we're just going to start seeing some price action again. I think we'll see over 20,000 before the happening. 
Great. I, I have similar, exactly similar thought. I think the FOMO in November, December is going to be very high. And, yeah. and it's just everybody's talking about it. You and I are talking about it. Yep. And, and exactly. uh, uh, anytime the dip, you know, you see 9400 you 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 straight away you're a buyer today. Exactly. So 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 definitely I I I have ex- exactly similar expectations. Um, let's let's go back to life philosophy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so one one uh, what what is your biggest learning of life? What is the biggest uh, some something something or someone that influenced you and and taught you life? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the the biggest thing that I've learned so far is that I would say ninety five percent, even maybe up to ninety eight percent of people are putting their best effort in, and really like they're good people and they have good intentions and yeah. they're trying, yeah, uh, and they're doing everything that they can. You know, I think it's really hard to see that sometimes with. Uh, with the way that the like negativity gets highlighted in media, whether it's social media, whether it's traditional media, it gets highlighted. It gets a lot of attention. You know? Yeah, uh, I think that's just kind of general human nature to to look at those kind of things. But I really do believe um, after traveling a whole bunch in the last few years and and, and sitting with a lot of people, uh, talking to people in the industry and outside the industry, like everybody is facing their own demons, struggling with their own pain, but everybody is trying to do the best that they can to survive and to thrive in the world. Yeah. And they all have good intentions. Like, they all want the world to be a better place. Yeah. And, and one thing about the blockchain industry I notice is that everybody wants to collaborate. Everybody wants to partner. Yeah. And, and they're very passionate about the whole thing going on mm-hmm. because they never got a chance before to do all this. Be the millennials or be be the middle aged everyone. Yeah. I think I think it's it's uh, really good. And and one is one is, uh, you know, uh, I I hear you a lot. I see you on Twitter a lot. And and obviously, you are one of the uh, best marketing uh, social gurus around, uh, as as they say. Uh, how how would you? What would you like to teach our listeners today? Uh, how to grow uh, their their social base because fortunately or unfortunately uh, social is a status today yeah uh, status as a service how how should they do or not do especially the entrepreneurs and leaders uh, I think first off I think it's unfortunate like I don't even think there is any side of it that's unfortunate you mm-hmm. know um, I think the fact that uh, you can tweet to someone across the world and then the next day be on a phone call with them discussing ideas and then the next week you have a partnership or have a business agreement made. Like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You couldn't do that like, yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's it's awesome. Um, besides that, uh, I think everyone, almost every single person in crypto is failing in social media. Uh, almost. I'd say 90%, if not 95%. Um, uh, probably 98% of the businesses are failing at social. Um, and the reason that they're failing at social is because they're looking at social media as some separate entity or some separate thing that they need to do. Um, where the people that really thrive at social media, um, the reason I think I've thrived at social media is because it's no different than me. 
Like it is, it's like this phone is literally just an extension of myself. The, the tweets that I make are literally just an extension of my thoughts. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to put up a specific face. I'm not trying to tweet at a specific time. I'm not trying to put out a, like a specific number of content a day. Uh, it, it's, I'm not trying to only talk about one specific thing, like only blockchain. I share about my life. I share about music. I share about other things that I'm passionate about. It is an extension of myself. And I'm, I'm open, I'm vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share some of those things, which I think is also a huge factor. Um, but I think if people, as well as companies, looked at it like that, then they would be able to have way more success with social media. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for some key. They're looking like, how do I get more followers? Like, what do I have to do? The, the, it's a simple answer. Just create shit. Like, create content and then get better at creating content. Like I'm good at creating content like now, but 12 months ago when I first started on Twitter, like I wasn't, you know, or 18 months ago, whatever it is, I wasn't good at it. You know, I had to tweet things and then I had to observe how other people were reacting to those tweets. Then I had to go look at the big accounts on Twitter who had 50,000 followers who were getting 300, 400 likes a post. And I had to observe not only what they were tweeting, uh, which is actually less relevant than what the people who follow them were responding to those tweets. Like I spent hours and hours and hours. I still do. I spent out like hours a day scrolling through other people's tweets and yeah. the comments on their tweets to see how they're reacting. Because if you can start to kind of understand the way that other people, uh, kind of like the, like the psychology uh, and the sociology of how these people are interacting on these social media like platforms, then you can understand the content that bangs, you know, you can understand the content that's quality and then you can become better at delivering some form of similar content, you know, um, even just structure of tweets. You know, if you look at the structure of my tweets, for example, like there's correct spacing. Sometimes there's a, some misspelling cause I don't really spell check, but there, I, there shouldn't be any misspelling, you know, yeah. there's like usually a use of an emoji in there or something like that. Something that people can like see and have a, a, rel- a relatable feeling towards, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not hard when you get it, but it takes like time and it takes effort and it takes like literally studying in order to get it. And, you know, as a, as an individual, I understand, and, and I do the same. Although I don't have uh, so much time to 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 scroll and spend on Twitter, but but as, as a company, as as my my marketing team or our, our listeners were mostly entrepreneurs. Um, what, what is your suggestion? How do we train our teams to think like that? Uh, it, it, I think it's the same thing. You have to like get your team to be in there and be in like, you got to be in the battle battlefield to understand what, what a battle is like. You yeah. Know? It's the same idea. Uh, there's some companies right now, like Lolly, for example, there it's try Lolly yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Like, their Twitter is killing it. Yeah. You know? the, their social media person understands social media and they get it. Um, and, and not just by the quality of their tweets, but the fact that if I tweet to Lolly, like they'll respond to me within 10 to 15 minutes, you know, if I comment on one of the their tweets and say that's funny, they'll, they'll send a happy face or they'll still send an LOL. You yeah. know, um, companies that do that are like like they're gaining they're gaining lifetime followers. 
message, you know, they're, they're gaining people that will use them forever, you know, and if, if you just ignore the people that are already using your product or want to be using your product, then shame on you, you should, you're, you're losing customers instantly. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think that's what it's like, a lot of exchanges fail at that. You know? Yep. I've never seen Coinbase ever respond to anyone. You know, they're very <laughs> challenging to get a hold of. Yeah. Finance does it decently does it, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've 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 really improved over the last yeah. uh, six to eight months. Um, the first they weren't doing anything, and then uh, six to eight months ago, I, so I think some people got in there and started to really change the way that they behave on social media. You know, um, CZ does it really well as, yeah. as the leader of an exchange. You yeah. know, very transparent and very present on social and. Um, doesn't really have a hierarchy you know he doesn't like necessarily like on social media say he's better than anyone uh he's following people that have less followers than him he's following people and responding to people that are just have a hundred followers but believe in binance you know yeah. that's that's what you have to do yeah yeah very very good but i think i think that's a that's a very good advice so what what makes what makes a company and which is your favorite company in the blockchain space today a good question man um i think try like, again i think lolly is just doing it really well you know um they've actually found a niche where they can like they get cash back for bitcoin the for your purchases and you get the, that cash back in bitcoin um they found a niche that almost every single person can use and you can become an instant participant in the crypto space uh, with Bitcoin. I, I think it's genius. I love it. Um, again, Binance, you know, Binance has done it really, really well. Um, they've, it's, it's amazing to watch their growth over the last like year, you know, coming in as only an exchange. Then all of a sudden they have a charity. Then all of a sudden they have, uh, a, a whole uh, network and ecosystem that tokens can build on, you know, uh, it's very evident that they are attempting to be the Amazon or the Google or or the whatever of crypto, you yeah. know, and be the leaders. Um, and I guess I mean, even though people don't like them, like Coinbase, like Coinbase has done very very well. They've carved out a niche, and if anyone, if you ask anyone in the U.S., how do I buy Bitcoin? Coinbase. No one ever says Gemini. No one ever says uh, uh, any other website. They uh, it's always go download the Coinbase app, sign up, and you'll have your wallets. You'll have everything immediately. I, I think I think uh, the MyCash app guys are also doing a decent job. They are, and yeah. they're catching up very quickly. They are. Uh, Jack obviously is a big fan of Bitcoin, and he he realizes the importance of of this for for Square. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I've used their app. It's actually very smooth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coinbase is definitely great, but but I think versus uh, uh, what Binance is trying to do, Coinbase is losing a bit of sheen. Yeah. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what Binance does in US or or is not allowed to do in US. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a good battle there. It, it'll be interesting, you know, because we've seen Coinbase list a whole bunch of new assets over the last eight yeah. months. You yeah. Know? Uh, which I was kind of surprised about personally. You know, I, I thought they would focus on just like maybe ten to twenty quality core assets, and they've just been like flooding it with with as many listings as possible, which is understandable to a degree. You know, if they want to uh, have any share in the altcoin market, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. And and who 
given given you are a Twitter legend, uh, who is your favorite Twitter person? Uh, that's a good question, man. Um, I mean, all it's interesting because a lot of my favorite Twitter people before I got bigger on Twitter are now kind of they're mostly most of them are my friends, you know. So like I've always liked the crypto dog, you know. Yeah. He's uh, he's a good friend of mine yeah. online and offline, yeah. and um, he's always just putting out some funny stuff. Man. Yeah, he always has good quality content and things like that. Um, and there's a lot of them are, are, are traders now, you know, like a lot of the guys that I follow are traders and I don't really necessarily trade. So I can't really talk on anybody's like calls or anything like that. But, um, anyone, oh, there's, uh, there's one guy that I recently followed like two months ago, three months ago. What's his name? Uh, crypto, uh, crypto bubble X. Bubble X. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you've seen him, but he, <laughs> he makes the most hilarious uh, parody videos for crypto like songs. Okay. So yeah, he. he oh, took, the recent one. Yeah, yeah, he's he's made some real real good ones that have gotten like two hundred fifty, three hundred, four hundred thousand views on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I watch them, and they're just they're hilarious. They're like really well done. He puts a lot of time and effort into them, and uh, their music videos. He's he's quality. He makes me laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, Michael, thank you uh, so much. Um, I've I've really enjoyed this conversation. I know it's a Sunday and we are sitting in the office and recording it. Uh, and and I I, I think uh, the the work that you are doing with the entire media thing and your entire uh, life philosophy about people uh, keeping people first is is amazing. Um, you are you are definitely doing a great job, and we would love to have you again. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and I think uh, my my listeners already know where to reach you. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for recording this with us. Yeah, thank you, brother. Appreciate thank it. you, sir. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you. Hold up. 